Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and I'm back. Just got back last Friday from a glorious 10-day tour of Israel. And let me just say, if you haven't been to Israel uh, and you can, and your church takes people, takes a tour, please start saving, start putting a little away, and go on a trip of a lifetime. It will completely change the way that you read your Bible. Uh, and um, we had a great time. I was trying to think, I was doing some questions before the program for our Abounding Grace radio uh, broadcast, and I was trying to think, uh, we we were counting, I, I've either... I've either taken 12 or 13 tours uh, to Israel since moving here uh, to Colorado, and and it just gets better every time. So that I always get asked, you know, what's it like going back? And it's great going back, uh, even though we're going to the same spots and we're doing the same things, but what's different is I get to experience it through the eyes of people that haven't been before. I get to experience firsthand. I get to help uh, understand. I get to answer questions, help people's understanding. And so um, tourism in Israel is through the roof. And and so if your church goes, please prayerfully consider going. Uh, we're already planning. We're going to have an info meeting not too long here at Calvary Church in Aurora of our 2020 trip in February of next year. So um, our trips fill up fast, and what we do is church gets first priority, uh, our church family, and then <clears throat> if our church family doesn't fill it up, then we put it out on the radio, but the last few years, uh, the church filled it up almost immediately. So um, be listening if you want to come with us. Um, we, if, if we have openings, we're going to put on the radio. So 303-690-3000 is the number to dial. We're taking your calls and your questions uh, you guys listening on the East Coast, number's the same, 303-690-3000, or you can text. We have a dedicated text line, 720-336-0897. Phone lines are wide open. Text lines are wide open, and we're here to take your calls and your questions. That's how the show works, 303-690-3000. Now, we uh, here at Calvary just finished studying through four significant historical books in the Old Testament. We started in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, and worked our way through 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, then into 1 Kings, and we just finished 2 Kings uh, a few weeks ago before I went off to Israel. And tonight, it, we're in between books. And so I was, as I was praying about what to do in between books, either start a new book that we're going to be in, and uh, we're going to be announcing that soon, uh, I really felt a burden from the Lord 
that our church, many in our church, are dealing with uh, condemnation and having their past either used against them or hanging over them, or they might even be using it against themselves. So for the next three Wednesdays, we're going to be going through a small series that I've entitled Freedom from Your Past, I think, something like that. Freed from Your Past. And we're going to be looking at the truths of God's Word and the gracious freedom found in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. And it's a glorious time that we're looking forward to. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, Tonight we're going to be on the topic of there is therefore now no condemnation. And I believe it's uh, many people listening in, yet this is an issue in your life as well. And I want to equip you, and I want to encourage you, and I want to teach you the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ. And so come on out, and uh, if, if you're in the Aurora, Colorado area, you're more than welcome to join us. <clears throat> you know, I meant to ask today, but uh, quite a few people are jet-lagging, including myself, uh, our cafe and everything downstairs is finally under construction, so I don't know if we're doing meals. So if somebody listening here at the church can answer that question, if we're doing meals during construction, I'm not sure. Uh, so I don't know. But otherwise, doors open at 6 o'clock and service starts at 7 here at Calvary. 303-690-3000. We're going to go right up to Broomfield. Jennifer's calling from Broomfield, Colorado. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Um, hopefully you can hear me on my speaker on my JBL, so if you can't, just let me know. Okay. Um, I uh, actually started, my husband and I, with our family, we started attending your church uh, probably about a month and a half ago. Right on. Welcome. And we're about 39 miles from the Wyoming border, so um, <laughs> yeah, we're we're pretty far. But I absolutely love the church, I love the ministry. I really believe that the Lord is leading us to Calvary Aurora. So first of all, I just want to thank you. You're welcome. Um, just for the radio in general, it's such a blessing. There's a lot of people that listen, um, and uh, thank you for that. But the question that I have, um, and I guess I maybe I'm just not searching, I, I, maybe well enough. I don't know. But the question I have is, loved ones in heaven. We, we know that we will see our loved ones in heaven. Um, well, I should say, you know, people who have given their life to the Lord. But where does it specifically say, or does it specifically say, what will our part be? Because I, I hear different people saying different things. Well, we'll know our loved ones, but the relationship will be different. Or, uh, you know, obviously our spouses won't be our spouse, or will they? I don't know. I haven't found anything specifically. And I'm just curious. Well, let's let's talk through some things that we know for sure. The the answer sure. to the the first question is we will absolutely 100% recognize, see, and interact with our loved ones in heaven. Yes. Uh, that will be recognizable. You know, you've got um, you have David having David expressed probably the greatest hope of that uh, when he said about his infant son when he died. <clears throat> he said, "I'll go to him. He won't come to me, but I'll go to him." And he fully expected, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, it fully expected to recognize his son in heaven. And then okay. remember, uh, when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, he was joined um, by 
um, he was joined by Elijah and Moses, uh, and they kept their identity. Uh, we knew they were Elijah and Moses be- because they're identified like that, and yet they That's had right. died years earlier. You know, same with Abraham, Lazarus, the rich man, they're all recognizable. Now, when it comes to our relationship, Jesus did speak on the change of relationship in marriage, right? Because he said marriage is not eternal. Um, he, he spoke of marriage being temporary, that marriage is reserved just, and, and when we get to, into heaven, he said that we'll be like the angels and we won't be given in marriage. So there'll be a different relationship to each other in heaven. And I think the greatest change will be the centrality of Jesus Christ. You know, as much as we, as much as we have Jesus at the center of our lives, there's so much more available to us. You know, remember when Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he talked about being married and he says that the single single people in this stage of their life can really devote themselves to the things of the Lord first and foremost because they don't need to care so much about a spouse. But sure. when you get married, you really do think about your spouse and oftentimes your spouse and even your children, they even come first in our thinking. And right. that's going to be completely different in the presence of the Lord. Like he's he's going to be the central focus of heaven. He's going to be the central focus. Everything in our lives will flow through him where we can't say that today. Not everything flows through our relationship with Jesus Christ. We kind of go back and forth. Um, but, yeah. And that's yeah. Pr- probably the greatest two evidences that things will be different. Um, I I wonder myself, because it doesn't, it doesn't so much say that sons will stop being sons or daughters will stop being daughters. I mean, because David, right. <clears throat> David spoke, so there, there'll be a recognition, like, like I, won't, I, I don't think I'll have the same relationship uh, with someone else's son in heaven as I will with my son, um, sure. but there's still some mystery around exactly how it's all going to work out in the eternal realm, except that we do know for sure that we won't, lo- we, we won't, be, we won't have less knowledge in heaven, we'll have more. Well, of course, and and I guess that brings me to my second question. Because I mean, I believe that. I mean, we serve a good good God. Why would He not want us to know our loved ones? But I had a friend who was talking to me at about who's a Christian, born again, but years and years ago, she she confessed. I mean, we go back and forth on on uh, abortion, and she doesn't believe in abortion. But she finally told me that she had an abortion, and she knows that I'm 110 percent against. I just don't believe in justifying, but, you know, she had said, you know, I had this abortion, and, and I live with a lot of regret, yes. and she believes that her child is in heaven, but her question was, will that child know me? Because there are people who have had abortions because, they, because, you know, for whatever reason, they don't want to remember, maybe it was out of rape or something, and I don't I don't know about that. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, I know that I personally um, had, had lost a child very, very early on, but I believe with my heart that I'm going to see that child in heaven. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't have those answers, and maybe there's not a biblical answer for her. No, um, I, I would say that I believe that that child will know her. Um, I, believe that that, I believe that that relationship will be restored. Um, I believe that we using David, David's, I don't think, like for example with David when he declared the loss of his, of his infant child, Uh, He's not returning to me, but I'm going to him. I don't think that David had in mind, neither the Holy Spirit inspiring that, that his son's going to go around asking, are you my dad? Are you my dad? I I really, I really do believe that there'll be, 
some kind of knowledge. Um, the Bible says that when we're in the eternal state, that we're going to know even as we are known. And so there's going to be a level of, of knowledge that goes across the board. Um, and, and so I, I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. Oh, did I lose you? Oh, I'm sorry, Jennifer. I think I lost you. But I still, just to repeat, if you're listening on the radio, oh, um, I see line one. Is it not? I think we lost you, Jennifer. Are you there? I'm there. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. Got oh, cut off. That's okay. Um, but the answer is yes. One hundred. I believe 100% yes. I, I do too. And... Um, you know, the last thing we want to do is if it's not in the Bible specifically, you don't want to, you don't want to leave people with a false hope, but I, I want to, I, I, I'm leaving them with hope, I guess, you know, I mean, and uh, hopefully if I'm wrong, you know, when I talk to people or I advise them, you know, that uh, God forgives me <laughs> because I agree. Like, like I said, sometimes there's just no specifics and, and it's I, a- I am definitely one that likes to encourage, but I'm, I, I won't. I wouldn't tell somebody something unless I truthfully believe it. And I think it's okay to say, I don't know. I mean, that, that happens to yeah. me, yeah. Um, that I just have to leave it. I don't know. I'll have to look that up or I'll have to study that more. But on yeah. this one, I think we can, I, I think we have some, even though there's not a scripture that says exactly the answer that we're looking for, I think there's a series of scriptures that help us understand the heart and the character of God. And I, yeah. I, I biblically, my, my opinion is based on on the scriptures, I believe that that they they will have knowledge of that relationship, and there'll be a glorious reunion in heaven. I do too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Now I have something to kind of go back on, especially with David and okay. his son. I did. I I I've read it before, but I, I guess I didn't until you told me about it. Now I didn't really think about it that way. So okay. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And uh, we're we're truly blessed by this ministry, the the church in general. And definitely Calvary, the radio. Um, we appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, sister. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Have bye a bye. good day. Okay, bye-bye. And so um, just by way of the scripture, sorry, Jennifer hung up already, but Second Samuel chapter 12 is where you find that. 303-690-3000. Let's see who's next. Paul in Aurora, Colorado. Paul, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor Ed. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm well. I'm a little jet laggy, and I'm fighting off sickness. But other than that, I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a, actually. I'm part of Calvary Aurora myself, and and we had a little men's meeting on uh, yesterday. And okay, uh, Micah Claycamp was with you guys, and he was pretty tired yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and he was telling me today that uh, he what what jet lag does is it's it it slows your mind down, so you can't you you you're not as fast in formalizing your words or your sentences and he was telling because that's how i experienced it and that's what he said he was experiencing last night so right right <laughs> so what's up um well i uh i'm actually currently starting to um witness to a co-worker of mine um at work and and uh he's been he was brought up in a, a baptist church um, okay. growing up and then he <clears throat> kind of pushed himself away from faith when um, he, he lost his mom to cancer and then lost his dad pretty early. Um, and then he's asked uh, people that are supposedly in the faith of um, if God is so good and, and if uh, uh, he can heal and all that stuff, why would he take um, someone of faith that has you know, dedicated their life to Christ? Right. Why would he take them so early? And I know with your testimony with 
your son and yes. sorry to touch on a sort of topic okay. if I am. That's okay. Um, but um, in your words, uh, with your testimony, what are some good resources I might be able to go to to answer that question for him of why does he do stuff like that and, and where can sure. he find peace and stuff? Yeah, the first thing that I would, um, the first thing that comes to mind is that your coworker is really hurting. And right. it's a deep wound that we have to be really prayerful and careful, you know, as we reach out to him and, and, and really be careful to acknowledge the feelings that he's having, um, to have empathy with him, you know, because even though he, he's made some difficult decisions that, that, that haven't helped him at all, um, the, the, the reality is, is that he's just responding to pain and in grief and maybe never even dealt with grief. So I'd be really careful. Um, I'd, I'd walk in prayerfully and carefully and just continue to gain his trust. But I went through a series of Bible studies, um, that we're hoping to turn into a book here soon. Um, but for the time being, they're, they're posted on our app and our website. And I, I'm looking to see, it's called, it's a series of Bible studies that I entitled Help for the Troubled Heart. Help for the Troubled Heart. And I address the, the, the broader scope of, of dealing with these types of things. Um, you know, the, just the fact that we all go through trials, suffering happens, what, what does that mean for, for the Christian? Um, what is God act doing? What does he want to do? And, and I think they were very, very helpful. Um, I would point him to that. It's on our app, um, Help for the Troubled Hearts. Okay. And yeah, I just I wrote that down, sir. I wasn't uh, responding there for a second. I was that's okay. writing that title down. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the reality of, of reconciling how can, why, why would a good God allow evil on the earth today? Um, there's, it's a one-word answer, and the word is love. And it's counterintuitive to think that because you would think love would do everything possible to prevent pain and sorrow and grief. Um, but the reality of God's love and his sovereign love for us is that in order for us to have a real free relationship with him, um, he allows these things in our lives. And, and he allows difficulties in, 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 our, in our world because of sin. You know, he has... The, the difficulties in our worlds, I should say, is because of sin, and God allows us to come to the cross and yield our lives to him for the forgiveness of our sin freely so we're not robots. He doesn't make us do anything. Um, but I can say that with your friend, no theological answer will satisfy him. Only the yeah. comfort and encouragement of the Holy Spirit that's beginning to come into his life through you. And... And so there was a great book um, that, of the many books that I... Uh, there's a lot of books on grief that God has used. So if you want to email me, I'll send you a list of books on grief. Okay. Um, and as you're writing things down, you can also go to griefshare.org. And there's some, uh, some really good books on, on uh, grief uh, there and some devotions that are all free. And, and there was a book that I read... Um, and I'm trying to think. It's on my shelf in my home office. But uh, Ken, Ken Ham, um, his brother died, and he wrote a book uh, explaining the journey of the difficulty that he faced with uh, the death of his brother. 
And I'm trying to look to see if I can find the title of that book. Yes, okay. It's called, How Could a Loving God? Question mark. And How Could a Loving God? By Ken Ham. It was a it was a very simple but profound book, as he wove together the biblical truths of the sovereignty of God and the the difficulty of sin, uh, woven together with his own personal loss. And I found it was very encouraging. And I know Ken Ham personally. Um, he and I talk have talk, spoken together on this on more than one occasion, and it, it it still hurts him today. It still tears up today to lose his brother, and and yet. His faith is based upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, that another thing that, that we think sometimes when we believe that God is unfair, we kind of, we kind of say, well, you know, if I was God, I wouldn't do it this way. And right. I understand that feeling, but the reality is, is that comes from a very limited scope of understanding. Like we only have a small amount of understanding and, and who knows what God is working on behind the scenes because the reality is is that we'll all die, every one of us. And the death of my son or the death of his mom, even with the hor- horrific you know, uh, disease of cancer, um, the timing of that was no surprise to God, even though, it, you know, like the Bible says, we grieve, but not like those who have no hope. But it's painful either way. Right, right. Awesome. Okay. Um so I'll look up some of those things. I'll get on, uh, check out that Bible study. Um, I don't know that he's in the place in his life where I, I wouldn't believe he would look into a Bible study himself. But um, I will do some research on some of these books and, and in the Bible study that you mentioned and uh, see if I can get some good information myself that I might be able to share with him. Yes. And, and, uh, and so, so if, I, if I could give you an approach, just continue to talk to him. Um, in your mind, and I'm not hearing this in you, but I'm going to give it for the sake of other people listening too. Don't worry about trying to fix him. Uh, don't be concerned about getting him back in church, or don't even be overly concerned with helping him find his faith or you know back to where he was. Just care for him as a man. Care for his broken heart. Be the demonstration of God's love in his life, because all those other things the Holy Spirit will do through you, and. You know, so and so what that looks like, let's say tomorrow you go and say, Hey, so and so, how you doing today? You know what? Leave me alone. I hate your guts. Okay, it's all right, man. I just want I just wanted to check in on you. Sometimes if we take the wrong motive, we kind of get offended by that. But it's okay if he expresses his emotion. Maybe, maybe you're the first guy that he expressed this emotion to in years. And and it's okay. Don't you the end game is to get him connected to Jesus Christ. And it may not be a day, it may not be a week, and it may not be a month, but the end game is to get him vitally back into the abiding branch that he once was. And maybe for the very first time, like in a fresh new way, have a new relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. Um, All right, well, uh, thank you so much for that information. And I don't want to take up uh, a whole lot more of your time, but I just want to ask for a prayer request, not only for the topic of, uh, you know, softening my coworker's heart and, and uh, seeing God move, but also um, 
real quick. Just I've I've been having uh, subtle headaches for probably the past two three months. Okay. And as far as uh, blood work, scans, and all that other stuff, they can't find anything. So, but the headaches are definitely very real. It's every day. Okay. Advil doesn't help. So, just a, a prayer request to uh, just pray on that topic. And I'm going to pray for your friend too. So, Father, Absolutely. I pray for my brother on the on, on the phone here with Paul, and and you just know the. The, the things that are going on in his body, these headaches. And you're Jehovah Rapha. You're the God who heals. And so I pray, God, that you would touch Paul's brain and blood flow and all the other ingredients that that you know serve to uh, hurt us with a headache when they're not working right. And I pray you'd encourage him uh, while he waits for you to deliver him. And I pray, God, that you would um, be with his friend. You know, this was a divine appointment that you have brought, and you have brought him in these two together. And so I just pray for your comfort and your healing uh, to, to, to flow, and that this brother would come to a, um, a very beautiful, powerful yielding to your love and mercy in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. You have a great night, and uh, God bless. Okay, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Dustin in Decono, Colorado. Dustin, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm doing good. I just had a, uh, I had a question for you, something that's kind of been uh, concerning me, and maybe okay. you could help me uh, with this. And uh, I, I also forward an email to uh, several of the other pastors, at, Cal- at some of the Calvary churches. Okay. Um, it's regarding a, uh, it's a group of people in North Carolina okay. known as, known as pastorjohns.com. Okay. And uh, they, they're, they're, um, I was just wondering if you've ever heard of them and what, you know, if, you know, if not, uh, you, the thing is, um, they have a website called www.isaiah58.com, <clears throat> and they believe uh, that, you, I mean, from what I'm getting from the website is that they believe in the evidence that you are saved because of the evidence of speaking in tongues. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure, and that's why I was, the thing is, some of the the claims about them is that they're, they're a cult because they don't... Uh, because they're calling people out of Christianity. Okay. I, as far as I know, I'm not totally sure, but I was just wondering, like, the, the. I guess what I thought was the danger of that was, uh, you know, some of these kind of ex, extra church groups, uh, you know, like, uh, and I was also going to ask kind of about the, you know, the Mormon church, too, is that, you know, they... I don't know if they, you know, classify themselves as Christians anymore. And the well, there's and, two. You have two very distinct questions. The I've never heard of this other group, uh, and if they're teaching that salvation is a work, that's definitely not a biblical teaching. Um, so I would have to. I've never heard of them before. But for the Mormons, the Mormon Church not, doesn't even want to use the word Mormon anymore. They're known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, they are, by their teachings of who Jesus Christ is, are very clearly a cult, just by the definition. 
Um, a cult is a particular system of religious belief um, with rites and ceremonies. And so this would be categorized as a Christian cult because they follow the teachings of Joseph Smith. In particular, the greatest error that they make is that they worship a different Jesus. Um, they, do not, they do not allow the Bible itself to define who Jesus Christ is, but rather to find Jesus Christ with the Bible and the teachings of Joseph Smith. So for sure, um, the Mormon teachings are completely incompatible with solid biblical Christianity. Got to go, my brother. Talk to you later. You hear the music. We'll be right back here on Calvary Live. Stay tuned. We've got an open line. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. Welcome back, I should say. Uh, Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. I just got back from Israel uh, just a few days ago, and well, last Friday, so it is a few days ago, but still jet-lagging a little bit, um, tired, uh, but very grateful uh, to be used, uh, grateful to take teams there as much as we can, and um, it's just a glorious time, 303-690-3000. So if I'm a little slow, my mind, be patient with me. Appreciate it. And let's see here. Let's go to line two is Karen. Karen in Maryland. Karen, welcome to the program. Thank you. What can I do for you? I have a what-if question. Okay. And the what-if question is, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, would there be the other 65 books of the Bible, from Exodus to Revelation? Because would it just stop at Genesis? That's a good question. I have no idea how God would have sorted it out had Adam and Eve not sinned. Because when we answer, when we the only way that we can really answer that question is, or or really understand the ways of God is how he revealed it to us. And so the way that he revealed to us is that Adam and Eve did sin, um, and that's the only way that we can really follow the chronology of God from that. What would have happened had they not sinned? I, I don't know. Mm, okay. That's why I say what if. All right. So yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. 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 303-690-3000 is the number. Brian in Greeley, Colorado. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. You're on the uh, air? I just have a Yeah, I just have a quick question, um, and it has to do with uh, end times where everybody says that 
um, or it's generally agreed upon about the three and a half years of uh, the end times after the uh, of, of the tribulation, and I just wondered how that three and a half years was arrived upon. My understanding is that it has to do with um, the seventy weeks of Daniel. Well, and my, yes, I'm wondering: Are you referring to this to, to the seven year period of the Great Tribulation period? Yes, yes. Okay, so we we get the we get the seven years from both Revelation and Daniel. Right, and and my understanding is is the timeline in Daniel starts out um, considerably earlier than our current age. Right. Re- so what we get from Daniel is that it's going to be a seven year period, and what we get for Daniel is that there's a seven year period yet to be fulfilled. And then right. da- what Daniel didn't know that we know now is, according to Reve- Revelation, what's going to occur during those seven years. Remember the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, right, right. the bowl judgments, right. and then the second and, return of Jesus Christ. Right, and um, that it'll be three and a half years after the Antichrist um, basically makes himself known and everything, and that's the third, the, the, the second half of the, of the seven years, correct? Well, that, that's, that's debated. That's a big debate uh, among Bible scholars. Is there three and a half years of peace? Uh, and followed by the tribulation toward the end in the last three and a half years, or does the seal start the very beginning? You know, the first seal is the white right. horse coming, and the revelation of the Antichrist, uh, that seems to occur right at the beginning, um, right. at the beginning of the seven years, not three and a half. So right. everybody debates that, but I, I think that the, the Antichrist comes on the scene, Revelation chapter 6, at the beginning of the tribulation period, right after the right, rapture yeah. of the church. That, that yeah, that's what I was reading. Is that you know that, or my understanding when I was reading is that it would it, um, he appears on uh, the scene early and not halfway through or whatever. For sure. I I, as a matter of fact, I think the Antichrist appears on the scene even though he's not recognizable even right, before right. the rapture of the church. He has to. He has to be alive right. in order to be an right. adult. So. Um, he could be working behind the scenes. He could be a political operative. There's a lot of different oh, theories yeah. on be, that. He'll be on the rise, but yeah, I mean, the way I read it is he declares himself, or he becomes known um, early on in the in before the three and a half years. I would I would say, and I was just wondering, and I was wondering in, in what and th- that portion of Daniel, and he he said the seventy years, and then there's another seven to come, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dan- yeah, I think it's because, Daniel chapter nine, right? Um, I believe so. I let me see here. I'm a little, I'm a little older, and my mind is That's slow okay. also, and it's not because <laughs> it's jet lag. <laughs> yeah, so. it's Daniel. It's Daniel chapter nine, uh, verse twenty-four. He says, 70 weeks yeah. are determined for your people, for your holy city, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make reconciliation for iniquity." And so, there's a distinction there. Seventy right. weeks are determined. But the transgressions aren't finished, the sins aren't ended, the reconciliation, uh, and then he begins to talk about how the 62 weeks, uh, after 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself, verse 26. So it's the end of Daniel there. Right, right. Yeah, and I was just wondering, because a lot of people, or I've seen where some people um, take that and say, well, um, it's like within that, that the... There's the the time period, and then it hangs up, like you know, like they say that um, there there 
you're going along in the in the in the in the weeks, and then there's a break, there's a timeout, and then it continues, you know. And and they say, well, that's that's wrong because everything should all the other prophecies are chronological, the are consecutive. So, you know, the the seventy weeks have to finish up before um, anything else can can start. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't agree with that view. But you know, with when it comes to biblical prophecy, a lot of people come up with all sorts of fanciful um, theories. Um, but that's not a theory I would subscribe to. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just just curious because you read a bunch of different, you know, views from various. I mean, there's uh, as many viewpoints as you can find out there. Yeah, and I was just curious. <laughs> Well, I appreciate right, your well, call, my brother. I appreciate I appreciate that that um just I'm just, you know, digging in stuff and 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 looking at the words. So, I appreciate the the help. Thanks for your call and thanks for waiting. Oh, no problem. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Appreciate you guys uh listening in on the East Coast, listening in on Truth FM, Hope FM, here on Grace FM. Uh just got back from Israel, jet lagging a little. And I did get a clarification. While we're doing construction downstairs, we are not serving meals. So everybody gets a break. Uh, we don't even have free coffee. Sorry. They had to undo all that stuff. And uh, But when you guys, when, the, when it's done, uh, it's going to be glorious. And um, we're very excited about it. And I know that God's going to use it for fellowship and encouragement. 303-690-3000. Let's go over, let's see here. Garrett is calling from Boulder, Colorado. Garrett, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, uh, I guess two questions, if you have time to answer both. Uh, one is, uh, I want to set up a prayer room soon, and I'm curious about like idolatry, and I kind of want to stay away from it. Um, okay. So where's like a picture, you know, a picture of Jesus, I guess, be okay, and you know, the cross, can that even be considered idolatry, or, you know... Um, how does that work? Well, if you are going to worship those items and make them a point of worship, I just stay away from them. Um, I can I can tell you personally, I'm not a big fan of pictures of Jesus uh, because we don't know what he looked like. However, there is a picture I have in my office, uh, and I don't worship it, and I don't think it's idolatrous, but it is a depiction of Jesus uh, as he's reaching out to pull Peter out from under the water after he sunk. And and so I think I can put that picture up on the wall in my office and not worship it. Um, but I don't have, like, my whole office isn't filled with that. Um, so it's possible to have pictures without worshiping. So, and it's definitely possible to have a cross on the wall without worshiping it. Like, like you know, I like to meditate, I guess, with my eyes open, I suppose. And okay. I, you know, as a, point of, as a point of focus, you know, maybe just, like, look into a picture and, you know, kind of imagine, I suppose, what... You just would look like or imagine kind of being in his presence, I suppose. Um, well, I would say that if that, that... The, the point of focus shouldn't be, you know, because it sounds like when you use a point of focus, that sounds more like Eastern meditation. Is that how you were taught to meditate? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, using like a yantra, like a, like a, right. a visual tool to help meditate. So biblical meditation is, almost, is, is the exact opposite of what you've been taught, where biblical meditation is not the sense of focusing on an object and emptying yourself, but rather 
Biblical meditation is focusing on Jesus Christ and his person, not an image of him, but his person and his very being and being filled with the knowledge of God through his word. And so where you're coming from right now, I would stay away from that stuff. I wouldn't put anything on the walls. I wouldn't have anything there that might stimulate a point of, because you need to unlearn that Eastern mysticism type of meditation. Uh, you need to unlearn that. And like, if it's been a habit in your life, it's a habit you want to break so that you can open yourself up to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. So from where you're at right now, opening up a prayer room, I'd just stay away from that for now. Okay, don't do any of that kind of stuff, I mean. Yeah, have, email me. I'll send you an article on biblical meditation that you can start growing and learning, uh, unlearning Eastern meditation and learning to grow in releasing yourself to the very presence of God that lives in you. Have you have you become a believer in Jesus Christ? Sorry? Are, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you born again? Uh, yes, sir. So you've repented of your sins and you've turned your back on your sinful past? Uh, I'm on the process of that, I suppose, yeah. Okay, well, it's not a process, it's an event. Um, okay. And so have you have you ever confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that belief in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Uh, I still have questions. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, so let's do, talk about believe, that. Yeah, I do believe that, you know, Jesus died for our sins and he was resurrected. I do believe those things. But okay, so what's your question? I don't necessarily believe that, like, okay, then, you know, my next question is going to be, um, you know, people that haven't heard the gospel or people that died before Jesus came to this planet, uh-huh. um, what happens to them? Are they just burning in eternity? Or is that how that works? Or? That, that's a great question. Let's think, about, let's think about it first from the character of God. All right, let's start there. Is, is God fair or unfair? I mean, well, that's the thing. I don't, what I would consider fair and what God considers fair are probably two different things. So. Well, that, that's okay. Let's just use the definitions for now. Um, what you consider fair, is God fair or unfair? I mean, as far as I understand God, I mean, God determines what's fair and what's not. Okay, so... <laughs> well, let, let, probably let, God, I suppose. Yeah, he's fair. Okay, I, I would agree with you. And that, let me ask you this, is God just or unjust? It, you know, I guess, yeah, the same, same answer goes for that. So God determines what's just and what's not. Okay, so, so is, is, God, is God's love the way he describes it? So all we can do is how God revealed himself. So it's okay that you're wrestling with these questions. It's perfectly okay. Um, but, but this is how God reveals himself. God reveals himself as fair. God reveals himself as just. And, and I would also ask... Has God ever demonstrated a sacrificial love for you and me? Yes, for you know His Son. For everyone, right? He He sent right. Jesus Christ to die for everyone. So let's so let's start with the character of God. For those that never heard like a Western United States uh, presentation of the gospel, is God going to be fair to them? I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> Okay, why why don't why do you say you don't know? Well, he would be fair. He would be fair in the context, you know, of of his his definition of fairness. But like I said, I don't know. Like I don't think I don't think someone burning and burning in hell really for eternity is ever fair. Like honestly, like like that would that would that would defy my um, you know my, my opinion I guess of fairness or my definition of fairness. Now I know it's um, different. I know it's a different context. But have you ever thrown anything away? Uh, yes, sir. And so is that fair? 
I mean, why, why would you throw something away? You, you took all its value away from it by throwing it in the trash can. How is that fair? Right, but I think everything gets thrown away. No, not necessarily, because you, you just dictated from God. I, I just want to help your thinking for a second, because right. you know, as, as we compare ourselves with God, we kind of put ourselves in a, in a place. Have you ever stopped talking to someone? Yes, sir. Is that fair? Uh, probably not. <laughs> right, right. So I, I want to lay that out. I'm not making value judgments right now. I just want to lay that sure. out for you so that it can help your thinking. So let's talk a little bit about answering the question about those who haven't heard the gospel. I'm going to start by saying I don't believe that anyone ever at any time living on the planet of the earth has gone without the knowledge of God. There isn't anyone on the planet earth to live before us or after us that has gone without the knowledge of God. And let me explain to you what I mean. Every single person on the planet Earth has an understanding of creation. Would you agree with that? Uh, Yes, sir. So let's take the person that's in the middle of the jungle that doesn't know English and has never met another person outside of their tribe. When they wake up in the morning and they see a tree they have to make a conclusion, as, as rudimentary as it might be, that they didn't make that tree. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, sir. It would lead them to ask a question, I think. I mean, I'm not in their minds, but I would think that, I wonder where this tree came from. I wonder where the rocks came from, where the river came from, where the animals, where, where did this all come from? Because I didn't make it. And yes, so let's, let's say that that person that is in the jungle is living in darkness And one of the things that God has given to people living in darkness is light. And the first light that every single person, I don't care where they've lived and what they've experienced, has the light of creation. It speaks, it's not a perfect light, right? It doesn't tell us everything about Jesus Christ, but it definitely is a light in a dark place, right? The heavens declare the glory of God, the Bible says. So it's a light. Secondly, The second thing every human being that's ever lived has that is equal across the board is that God created them in his image, and one of the things he gave every human being is a conscience, an innate ability inside. Even if we all disagree on what right and wrong is, everybody agrees that some things are right and some things are wrong. Would you agree with that? Right, yeah, they have their own definitions of those things, yeah. But, I, I, but I the very essence of discerning or knowing the difference between right and wrong is something that God put into people. So let me explain. So let's but take... They say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> people think they're doing the right thing, but they're actually destroying a lot. Well, before, before we go that far, let's just... Other people's lives. Before we go that far, let's just stick with this guy in the jungle, okay? Let's not leave okay. him yet. So the guy in the jungle... He is a part of a vicious, crazy, radical tribe, and they decide one day um, in their little meeting that they want to go over to another tribe about a mile away. They're going to rape all the women, steal all their goods, and lock up all their children in jail. And that's what they do. They go hurt the kids, rape the women, uh, and then steal everything and then go back. And so tribe A goes and destroys tribe B. Now, by the time they wake up and realize what happened, what is the first feeling that Tribe B has when they find out that they've been hurt and taken advantage of? Our sadness. And then what do you think comes next? Despair and then anger afterwards. Anger, and then what do you think after anger? Revenge. 
Right. And somewhere in Tribe B, somebody says in their own language, what happened to us is wrong, and we must make it right. Now, where did they get that from? They don't read the Bible. They don't know. They don't have a revelation of God or the cross, or they didn't know Judaism or the. Where did they find out about right and wrong? Well, yeah, right. I guess there's certain things that are correct and certain things that aren't correct. Well, like one thing works and one thing doesn't work. No, God, work God to... put inside of them. Like it doesn't matter where you live on the planet Earth. There is a sense of right and wrong. God is the author of what's right and wrong. He's the one that dictates to us what's right and wrong. So even a guy in the middle of the jungle knows right and wrong. So he he knows he hasn't created everything, and he knows that there's right and wrong. There's a morality. Even if he doesn't have the full revelation of the Bible, there's a morality that's outside of himself. So let's think of it this way. If you and I were... Now, without that understanding, with when you and I... Let's say you and I are out hiking and we're stuck in the midst of all of this uh, brush and all we have is machetes. So I say, hey, Garrett, let's get out of here. You know, let's, you go that way and cut through the brush that way and I'll go the opposite way and I'll cut through the brush that way. And so there we are cutting for, you know, two minutes, three minutes. And then after three minutes, you hear me. I say, hey, Garrett, Garrett, I found some light. There's not much. I don't see a lot, but I think I found the light. And Garrett says to me, "Forget you, man. I'm not. I've already spent all my time this way. I'm not going to go toward the light. I'm going to do my own thing, my own way. I don't care any light. I don't care about what you said, Ed. I'm not going your direction. Who's responsible for that decision? Uh, I am. Garrett is. I would be a hundred percent. Right? You're a hundred percent responsible. Right." So with that in mind, the person that's been given the light of creation, if he chooses to walk away from that light, he's responsible. The person that is knows right and wrong, and the Bible actually says that God put eternity in our hearts, so for the person that doesn't seek out what a truth of right and wrong, if he doesn't follow the light that he's been given and instead goes against the light and the darkness, he remains in darkness and he's fully responsible for his own decisions. So what about the people that have never heard the gospel? They have heard the gospel. They've been given direction toward the gospel, and they have chosen not to go, and they'll be fully responsible for their choices. Now, we don't know about everyone in every place, so that's where we fall back on what I shared in the beginning, that whatever happens to them, when we are in the presence of God, we will agree with God on how he handles them. But the real question is this, Garrett. The real question isn't really about those who have not heard the gospel. The real question is, what about those listening in right now to the radio? What about Garrett, who's heard the full presentation of the gospel, that Garrett has been separated from God by his own sinful behavior, and that because of God's great love, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sent to earth live life as a human being, God in human flesh, was tortured and died a torturous death on a Roman cross, was taken down off that cross, buried, three days later rose again from the dead, 
was witnessed in his resurrection body by 500 people, more than 500 people. 15 times he appeared to people in the Bible. He ascended into heaven, and he invites Garrett into a real relationship with him. The real question is not about those who'd never heard, but what about Garrett, who has heard the whole gospel? What about you? Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, what about me? I, I do enjoy a relationship with Jesus Christ. I feel like I hear from a bunch of different people that, um, all the different all the different different uh, methods, I guess. Not methods, but I mean different rules rule sets to follow to like be saved, like what what it's technically considered um to be saved, you know, you have to you have to believe this, you know, believe that he's resurrected, believe that he's died for our sins, and then you have to be uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit and then you have to you know, there's like a there's like a you know, and different people have like a different laundry list of um these items, but well, let me, regardless of all those facts, like I really do enjoy a relationship with Jesus Christ and I see him um when I pray and I see him when I meditate and um and, and it's made my life better. I know that. So I don't know if I'm saved or not, but I well, think that, that's <laughs> that's what concerns that, better after that's what concerns me, Garrett, is, so. because you, when you hear all these voices, let's reduce the voice down to Jesus, okay? Because the Bible says that God at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us by his Son. And so what does Jesus say? And, and it's a good question to ask because that, that, that's why Jesus came to clear it all up for us. And... And so they came to him and asked him this question. They said, a group of people came to Jesus and said, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And that's really the essence of what a real relationship, belief in Jesus Christ, the real Jesus, the one who died for you, the one who demonstrated his love for you on the cross, the one who defines for you. Remember, Jesus also said, unless, and I'll put it, I'll personalize it, unless Garrett and unless Ed is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. And so let me ask you, Garrett, when you think about being born again, how is it that you're born again? Can you say today to me on the radio that you're born again? If you say yes, then how did that happen? Uh, from the Holy Spirit and grace. And, and when did you experience it? Um, three or four years ago. Okay. A while now. And so when you experience being born again... I feel like I cheated, though, you know? I'll be okay, tell me. Because I, what I, do you mean? I was I was using, like, some illicit drugs, you okay. know? But, but after that, like, if I, you know, I cried every day for, like, a year and a half, and... Mm. Um, I felt like I saw Jesus all over the place, and like you know, a lot. Uh, thought my life was pretty much over. I felt like I died, you know, and I felt like I was totally born again after that. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing that people are talking about, but it was very for me. It was the most real experience I've ever had in my life, and it was very yeah. visceral. And it was it drew me, you know, from from kind of like sort of mentally, sort of trying to wrap my head around a lot of these things to totally understanding and believing and all those. Um, um, for me, it would just give me 100% validity in the whole thing. Well, God I wants still, to give you a I, confidence. I still have a hard time. Sorry. 
Sorry, go ahead. I would just say God wants to give you a confidence because we're running out of time of what okay. it means to be a true follower of Jesus Christ and to cut through all the voices and to cut through all the opinions. Um, if you if you will, Garrett, email me at pastored at calvaryaurora.org and I will send you some information to help you walk you down a path that will better equip you in following Jesus Christ. Because I want you to be able to one day get to the place where you say, I know that I know that I'm saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And to deal with some of these doubts because they'll undermine you. And you know, nobody cheats. I just want you to know, nobody cheats. Jesus Christ forgives us all of all of our sins and we've all we all fail even as believers and that's the beautiful glorious grace of god that salvation comes into our life not because we're good and not because we're perfect but because he's good and he's perfect and so you don't even need to worry about cheating nobody cheats it's all grace from beginning to end and the empowerment of the holy spirit in our lives to stay away from those things that would break the heart of god and break our lives Yes, sir. So let me pray for Thanks, you because the, the music's okay. going to catch yeah, up to absolutely. us. Father, I pray for my new friend Garrett, and I do pray for that assurance of salvation in his life. And, and I hear him, Lord, in great sincerity. And I also hear God in some things that Garrett needs to learn and unlearn. And help us to be clear in our presentation of the gospel, Lord. Help us to be clear as we serve men and women like Garrett that, that we would be able to grow together. And I pray that his life is secure in yours. In Jesus' name, amen. See you, man. Email me. Thank you, Pastor. Bye-bye. Hey, we're the end of the show is among us. Uh, Tonight, be here, please. Uh, Come on out. Bring your own food. Um, Bring your own coffee because everything's closed down there. But uh, we'll be in Romans chapter 8 on the top of condemnation. You got to be here. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.